0: Pastor Bradley, how's everybody doing? Good, good. good. He was not lying. You guys all look really good today. Good stuff. Well, let's um, let me put this down here. Need a little paperweight. There we go. Use my headphones. There we go. Perfect. Awesome. Well, hope everybody's doing good this morning. I'm excited to kind of pick up where Pastor Bradley's left off and uh, continue down uh, this journey that we're on all the way up until. Lent, where we're really just diving into the teachings of Jesus, uh, the, specifically the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the things that Jesus said, the things that Jesus taught. Uh, why? Because it's really important, right? If there's anything that we should listen to and any, any teachings that we should follow, it's probably Jesus, right? I mean, he, he did set the example for us, right? We are Christians. We're Christians, little Christs, right? So we should try to follow what, what He said. And, and we've uh, for the past several weeks, gone through Matthew chapter 5, slowly worked our way through that, um, and that's not a bad thing at all. It definitely deserved all the time that it got on each individual one. So if you didn't listen to any of those sermons, I would uh, encourage you to go back on Facebook and, and check them out. With that being said, uh, today I'm going to be kicking off with Matthew chapter 6. So if you have your Bible uh, or your Bible app, go ahead and open up to, to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be in verse, verses 1 through 18 uh, today. And uh, very excited um, about everything we're going to be talking about today. So, with that being said, let's uh, go ahead and read it, and then we will pray. Matthew 6, 1-18. Watch out! Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they've received all the reward they will ever get. But when you have to give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father... Uh, I can't say it in the translation it is here. I just, I just can't do it. can't do it. Uh, I love the translation, but I can't do that there. Um, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Um, Fun fact, the the rest of it, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, is not actually in uh, the scripture there. Um, But it's a nice little tidbit at the end, isn't it? Um, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, and wash your face, then no one will notice that you're fasting except for Father, who knows what you do in private. And your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for this time that we have together, Lord. I thank you for the ways in which you've already met us, Lord, the ways in which your spirit has already moved amongst us. God, I pray as we dive into your word, Lord, that you would help us just to understand a little bit deeper what you're trying to tell us today through your word and, and Lord, how we can apply it to our lives and become more like you. Lord, it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Amen. So this section here, it's 18 verses. You maybe got a little bored while I was reading, but hopefully today we can break it down a little bit into, into really three uh, easy sections. Uh, giving, praying, and fasting, right? Giving, praying, and fasting. If you have your notes app out, you could write those things down, or if you've got a little paper, you could write those down, because that's really what we're talking about today, giving, praying, and fasting. And, and Jesus, uh, he breaks these down pretty uh, succinctly for us and, and pretty directly. And, and I think this is really important because we're, the whole Center point of our discussions for the past several weeks has been on living like Jesus and doing things that Jesus told us to do, right? Well, if we are believers, if we're Christians, if we're Christ followers, these are three things that should mark our lives. Yes or yes. Yes, they should. <laughs> Just making sure you're still awake. Uh, the point being is that as, as believers, these are things that should mark our lives. Why? Because Jesus said so. So I want to break these down and, and really get into it. Uh, because what Jesus says here is all three of these things. He didn't say if you give. He said when you give. It's implied that this is something that you should do. Right. This is not, not really an option. Right. As, if you're a Christ follower, you should imitate Jesus. Therefore, you should give when you give when you pray, when you fast, right? So we, we think of these things in Christianity uh, because typically Christianity is thought of as my one-way ticket to heaven. I can live however I want to here on earth, but I've got my one-way ticket to heaven when I die, right? And if we think of it in that way, then we can live however we want to live down here with no consequences whatsoever, right? But Jesus says, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, it's not really optional, right? We think of these as like, um, you know, you might buy... The, the, the Happy Meal, right? And they ask you, you know, or not, maybe not Happy Meal. You buy the number one at McDonald's and they ask you, would you like a large drink with that? They're trying to upsell you. They're trying to get you that extra, the extra option, right? It, this is not an extra option for us to maybe, may or not do, right? He says when you do these things, right? These are things that should be commonplace in our lives as Christians, giving, praying, and fasting. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Let's talk about giving, And i got to start right off the bat by saying that this church is is phenomenal at this. As a corporate body, we're phenomenal at giving. Can we be better? Absolutely. But we're at a really great spot with how much we give in terms of uh, money, in terms of how much we give in terms of time, effort, energy, uh, just actual gifts to the community, people that are in need, all of those kinds of things. The giving and the generosity here is really, really strong as a church. But what I want to focus on for a minute It's not just uh, the river church giving, but personal giving. How do you interact in your day-to-day life? Because I believe that giving should be a lifestyle, that giving should be a daily occurrence, not just something that we visit around Christmas time whenever the, the people outside the Salvation Army bells are ringing, right? It's not just something that we do whenever Pastor Bradley comes up here and expresses a special need, right? Those things are great. We should give to those things, but giving is a lifestyle. Every single day of our life should be giving, right? I'm not just talking about money, right? So don't freak out and say, I'm I'm asking you to give away every penny you have to to every charity out there because giving goes way beyond that. Giving is is a whole lifestyle. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. The Bible says that. God loves a cheerful giver, that someone who gives cheerfully, someone who wants to give, someone who wants to give of themselves, who wants to be selfless. God loves that kind of person. God loves when we do that and we live in that way. So once again, I mentioned that giving comes in all types of form. Obviously, the most, the most obvious one that Bradley just uh, you know, mentioned less than 10 minutes ago was money, right? It takes money to run this church, but you know, giving to other things, right? Giving to charity, giving to people in need, giving to people on the street that might ask you, right? And I know everybody has a certain way they feel about those kinds of things. Uh, And there's certain, obviously, you know, you can give them food, you can give them money, you can give uh, all sorts of different things to people. And we've talked about this before in this church, and I think Pastor Bradley and I's stance is the same, is that your duty is to give, not to judge, right? Your duty is to give, not to judge. What they do with that money is between them and God, right? What I do with my money is between me and God, right? I know God has called me to be a cheerful giver, right? So let the Holy Spirit guide you. We'll use your discernment and your wisdom. I'm not telling you what to do in, in the, each specific situation, but the point I'm making is that we have opportunities uh, every day uh, to give monetarily when the time is right, right? We have opportunities for certain charities, for the church, for certain things in our life where people maybe are just in need, right? I had a friend hit me up the other day and say, hey, man, I'm just really going through it. Can, you think you can vend me some, some money? I'm like, yeah, man, just hit me back when you can, right? The point being is that we have people in our life, sometimes they just need a helping hand, Right? They just need a helping hand, and and for those of us who maybe are a little bit uh, in a better place, it's our opportunity to be Jesus to them. By what? By giving. By giving monetarily. And if you've been on the other side of that, I know I have. I've been on the other side of that before too, and you can feel Jesus in that. You can feel Jesus whenever somebody blesses you when you're in a hard spot. So giving monetarily is a really really good way. But I know that, that also. Not, you know, for people who are on the shorter end of the sick, it's, it's like, well, I don't got any money to give, right? But we have time, right? Yeah. Each of us have 24 hours in a day. And it's one of those things where sometimes people just need your time. They just need, they just need somebody to sit down with them, talk to them, to hear them out, to share some time with them, and to really just, uh, you know share emotions with them, to hear out kind of how things are going in their life, to talk to them, right, to spend time with them. Some people need that. They need uh, that from you. And if you can give your time, and not just giving time to other people, but giving your time to church or giving your time to help other people, which kind of goes hand in hand with another thing that you can give, and that is your your effort and your skills, right? Everybody in here has uh, skills, right? (laughs) Sorry, I, I... I'm laughing because in the Napoleon Dynamite, girls like guys with skills. But uh, anyways, um, the, the point I'm making is that we all have skills. We all have things in our life that we can contribute to other people. We can give, right? And there's many people in this church um, that do that. You have skills, whether it's musical or it's uh, construction or it's... Uh, you know, sound and video knowledge, shout out Chris, right? Or it's, uh, you know, all of these different things, we all have different skills that we contribute. But not just giving to one another and to the church, but to giving to other people in our lives, right? Contributing our time, our effort, and our skills to them, right? Just being a giving person. Being a giving, giving person. And, and the last one I thought of here, maybe this is uh, a little bit different than what you would think of uh, normally, but is your energy and your emotions, Right? A lot of people are hurting. And this kind of goes back to what I was talking to you about they just need somebody to talk to. But oftentimes we're so, you know, um, Jesse earlier had mentioned to just slow down and to just take in the presence of God. And I was thinking, in my, in my mind, I was thinking, we never slow down. We never, you know, we're always scrolling and all these kinds of things, right? And I just wonder if sometimes in the midst of the fastness of our lives, we miss the, the fact that there are hurting people around us that we could be giving our energy and emotions too, to help them, to minister to them, right? Giving of ourselves to help somebody through a bad day, right? It's a really, really, really important thing to just analyze, hey, how can I be more giving? What do I have and what can I give to other people? We all have something to give. Don't sit here and think that you don't have something to give. We all have something to give, a way that we can be more giving to the people around us, more selfless, to to give more value and to bless other people. And so that's the first thing. Jesus said, when you give shouldn't be something that's optional to the Christian life, but something that's integral to the Christian life, something that is a part of who we are. I know that's embodied uh, day in and day out in this church, but I wanted to encourage you and to just talk about this even more so that we can can take it even to a next level, right, and to to, to show people in the community even more of Jesus uh, in our lives. Amen? Amen. And the next thing Jesus talks about is praying. He says, when you pray, pray like this, right? He says, when you pray, right? Praying should be a daily thing as well, right? Praying should be a daily thing of our lives, So, along with giving, praying. Praying is the life source of, of the Christian life, right? If, if, if we think about us as like a, a plant, right? We're a plant and we're, we're in soil, right? Well, we gotta have water, right? You gotta have water to grow that plant. If you don't water that plant, it's not gonna grow. That water is the prayer of our life and that's our connection with God and that's what, that's what prayer is. That's why the Bible encourages us encourages us to pray without ceasing, right? To pray without ceasing because that connection with God is something that should be continual, right? Now, the Bible's not saying that you need to go up on a mountain and just, you know, pray 24-7, right, and never come out again. No, it's a lifestyle of prayer. It's a lifestyle of communication with God that even when you're on a Tuesday afternoon at work and you're frustrated, right, you're still communicating with God. You're still uh, in that attitude of prayer. You're still uh, in communication with God. It's very, very important. Prayer should be a continual process in the life of a Christ follower. And I think this is, you know, we're talking about living like Jesus, right? Uh, It's very, very common throughout the Gospels if you read it. Uh, Several times the Bible records that Jesus got up early in the morning and went to a private place to pray. He went up, First thing he did, went off to pray, right? Or he secluded himself to go and pray. Why? Because it's important. It's a a big deal. Because oftentimes in our life, we have so many things going on, so many uh, voices, so many distractions, so many things drawing our attention that prayer refocuses us. It recenters us. It draws us back in uh, to the one who is the source of all life, right? And that's God. And and it it draws us back in. And on this note, I want to make a note here. Jesus says this uh, very plainly, uh, but... I think there's just a misconception, right? I think because Bradley and Pastor Sharon and I might get up here and pray, uh, or Bradley, you know, gets up here after the song service and we will speak a prayer over the whole congregation. And, and and maybe some of you think that prayer is like this magic incantation or something, and that's like, you know, we're speaking a, a sort of spell, and after you say the right words, then God does the right thing. You know, it's, it's just not how it works. I mean, yes, uh, You know, Bradley's not afraid to pray out loud. I'm not afraid to pray out loud. You know, and I know several others of you aren't afraid to pray out loud, but that doesn't make anybody's prayers any more special than the other ones. In fact, what does Jesus say? He says, do not go on and babble on and on. I hope we don't get up here and babble on and on as, as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need before you even ask him. He says, to, uh, previous to that, he says to shut the door behind you, go into a quiet place and pray to your father in private. Those are the kind of prayers that God wants. The moments where you're just crying. You don't even know what to say, how to say it. You've got a bad report. You've had a bad day. We've all been there, right? We've all been through situations where you just don't even know what's next. Those are the kind of moments where you really meet God. Those are the moments where God really meets you. It's not, and there's, once again, it's not some sort of magic incantation. God hears your prayers, even if it's just, Jesus, help me. Even if it's just, Jesus, help us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, be with us, right? Those prayers, God hears those prayers, just as much as he does uh, the loud and boisterous ones, right? And I, I might even say, if not more, he hears those prayers more, the ones that are vulnerable, where you're alone, and where you open yourself up before God. Those are the prayers that God hears, and those are the prayers that God wants, amen? Prayer is not some big, elaborate, grand thing. And I think that because we think of it in those terms sometimes as a big, grand, elaborate thing that is really special and we have to have the right words to say, because we think of it in that way, we just don't do it. Because we think, well, I don't really know what to say. I don't know what to say, God, you know? And so that keeps us from praying at all. Speak to God from your heart. That's what I want to say. I don't like to say speak to God like he's your best friend because he's way more than that. But speak to God from your heart. Speak to God from your heart. Open your heart up to him. Become vulnerable to him. Speak to God from in here. And God answers that prayer. God hears that prayer, right? It's not some big magic incantation. It's from the heart. It's becoming vulnerable before God and opening yourself up to him. Amen. When you pray, pray like that. Lastly, uh, for these three things, fasting. Uh, now, fasting uh, is something that we really never talk about and never do here in America. Um, it's just not something that we do. It's not part of our culture, right? We really like to eat, and we really hate not eating, right? And uh, I myself, and especially, I'm the front runner for that. If any of you know me, I pride myself in being a nice competitive eater. But um, I'm just kidding. But the point being is that we don't really ever talk about it, but I believe it's very important. I believe it's something that hopefully today after talking about it, we can implement it in our lives somewhat. And and fasting in its truest form really is going long extended periods of time without food. Uh, That's kind of the more traditional way of of thinking about it. Uh, But I think really the concept of fasting can be applied to really anything. Um, it's, it's It's really a process of starving our flesh of temporal things and focusing on eternal things. So what does that mean? Well, you can fast from social media. And in fact, I would encourage you to do so. I would encourage you to delete all forms of social media off of your phone for the next 30 days and watch how God works in your life, right? Watch how God speaks to you, right? Replacing those moments with just looking at the verse of the day on the Bible app, right? Or praying, or, or you know, God forbid, we just focus on the things around us, right? Right? Those are those are, those are opportunities that we miss, uh, by being on our phones all the time, right? So that, that would be one form of a fast, right? But there's also food fast, right? And that's, that's eliminating a, a temporal thing like food and just taking that time to focus on, on God more, right? And I've heard this practically done, like you would just go and you say, hey, I'm just not going to eat breakfast and lunch today. Just not going to eat breakfast and lunch today, only water, uh, sometimes like black coffee or whatever, but even then, you know, maybe, maybe you reject that as well, right? And, and it's supposed to hurt, Right, It's supposed to hurt. For those of you who think that would be really bad, it, it's supposed to be bad. It's supposed to hurt. It's supposed to make your body feel bad. It's supposed to. That's the point of it, is to reject the temporal, because those are the things that we hold on to. The Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, right? That's a, a, a prime verse right there for fasting in and of itself is because we get so hooked on things of this world, which is food, sustenance, you know, material things around us. It's good for us to detach ourselves from those things and just focus on God, right? Uh, very much like with prayer, there's not really any sort of magic incantation or magic formula for fasting. It really is between you and God and, and asking yourself, God, what do you want me to fast from? Because we have all sorts of things in our lives that we are addicted to, right? We have all sorts of things in our lives that draw our attention away from God and from from family, right? What are things in your life that maybe you should give up? It's a great question to ask yourself, right? What are things in our life that we should maybe examine and say, hey, I want to take a break from this for a little bit. It's taking too much attention and time from my life. I want to focus on God. A really, really great question to ask yourself uh, during uh, whenever you think about doing a fast, right? So lastly, Jesus here in this verses as well, he talks about the kind of implementation of these things, right? So we get it. We We need to give, right? We need to pray. and We need to fast, right? But how we go about doing those things is really important as well. I'm encouraging you to do them, but how we do them is really good, because the the whole of what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, hey, when you do these things, don't do them for the gratification of other people. Right? When you give, don't be like the hypocrites do, where they go out in the streets and they blow their horns and they make a big parade of the giving and generosity they just did, Right? Uh, you know, it's one thing for Pastor Bradley to get up here and, and talk about our church-wide giving because not one particular individual is getting the glory and not even the church is giving the glory. Over and over again, he repeats about how it's God who's been providing for us, right? Uh, but you and your specific life, and we know kind of intuitively, this is, it, it's kind of like silly, right? If somebody did go and, and give something to somebody else and like walked around like, man, look how giving and generous I am, you know, people look at you like, you're so weird. You're a jerk, man. Like, stop. <laughs> you know, people would, people would look at that person very silly. Um, but I think also it's just a very important lesson in humility, right? And, and just understanding that this, anything we do with, with giving uh, is it's not about us, right? It's not about us. It's never been about us, right? It's about lifting others up and by giving glory to God. And the same thing with prayer. Uh, once again, Circling back around to, you know, with how Pastor Bradley and I you will know, we'll stand up here and, and pray and, and, and have these sort of bigger prayers and stuff like that. I, I sure hope that nobody gets the, the vibe or the energy that we are doing that for any sort of self-aggrandizement. We're not. We're not. Over and over again, we're trying to give the glory to God. And that's how it should be in all of our lives, right? Whenever we pray, we're not trying to do it to be something that we're not, right? We're speaking from the heart, speaking vulnerably, doing all of these things. And lastly, with the fasting, um, you know, you, you'll see people who will go that extra mile for God. They'll do these extra religious duties, right? And they will refer to themselves as, you know, like the M.O.G., right, man of God. Or they like, you know, give themselves titles and all these kinds of things because they do the extra, they go the extra mile with their religious duties. And the point I'm making with all that is that it's not about us. Glorifying God is a lot cooler than you getting the glory. We're here to glorify God. That's why we're here. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 14, to let your good deeds shine before men so they might see your good works and glorify who? You? Oh, man, look at Isaac. He's so cool. He did all this great stuff for the church. Man, he's, he's, he's the best, man. No. it's so they might glorify our Father in heaven, right? Right? Or you know, look at Jeremy, man. He prays. You hear the way that Jeremy prays? He, he's a holy man. He's a righteous guy. No, it's so that we'll glorify who? God in heaven, right? And that's what it's about. Over and over again, it's, it's, you know, if you read this, the focus of the Christian life is not you. The focus of the Christian life is not inward, but outward and upward, Right? It's giving the glory to God. It's benefiting others. It's lifting other people up, and that's where we find our fulfillment uh, in our life, is by glorifying God and lifting other people up. I was thinking about this. you know. Aside from uh, maybe giving, fasting, and praying, just other things that we do in our Christian life, why do people do these good deeds um, to be seen by others? Why is Jesus mentioning this here? It's because other people, you, uh, we want the validation of other people, don't we? We all want the validation of other people. We want to be liked. We want to be respected by other people. We want to be loved by other people, appreciated by other people, right? We want that validation that we are the real deal. You are talking to the top dog. You know what I mean? All those kinds of things. We want that. We desire that in our heart. And where does that come from? Where, where does that desire come from? It comes from a, a lack of personal validation. We, we, we don't feel fulfilled on the inside. But, but what does Jesus say to this? This is a, a really, really amazing part. Each, each one of these segments, right? He says, when you give, and then he goes into his thing, right? He says, when you pray, then he goes into what he says. He says, when you fast, then he goes into what it says. But what does he say at the end of each, each and every one? Listen to this here. This is phenomenal, right? He says here in verse 4, 6.4, give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. And the end of the, the praying section, he says in verse 6, when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who what? Who sees everything, will reward you. And lastly, or, or sorry, he says it twice in the, in the prayer version, verse 8, don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need before you even ask Him. And lastly, in in the very last version where he talks about fasting, in verse 18, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. So what do I want to say to to end this, this whole section here, everything we're talking about, is that when you do these things, we're not to do them to seek the approval and validation of others. Why? Because God sees us because God knows us. You don't need to seek the validation of others because you're already validated by God. You don't need to seek the approval of others because you're already approved by God. You don't need to seek the, the, uh, the, to, to be liked by others and to be loved by others because you're loved by your Father in heaven. Amen? We don't need to seek those things from the world around us because we already uh, have those things from God. God sees us and God knows us. And here's the best part about that. For some of you in there, or out here, myself included, if we say God sees us and God knows us, that's kind of scary, right? Oh, God sees me. He sees everything. God knows me. He knows everything, right? But here's the last part God loves us. He sees you and he knows you, but he loves you. And that's the truth of the gospel right there, right? is that each and every one of us in here have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He sees you, he knows you, but he loves you. He sees you, he knows you, but he loves you. He's seen your faults, he's seen your mistakes, he's seen the things that you've done. He knows your inner thoughts, he knows your inner workings, he knows your inner turmoil. But he loves you anyways. He loves you anyways, and he's called you and forgiven you. And that is the beauty of the gospel. And when we get that in here, when we get that in our soul that we are known and loved by the creator of the universe, we can't help but give to other people. We can't help but pray for other people. We can't help uh, but, but give up the things of this world and focus our attention on God, right? Those are the things that we do out of our love for God because He first loved us. Amen? Amen. I love, love, love I mean, these are, this is, on my Bible, this is literally the part, the pages that are the most worn, the, the ones that are the most torn up. Why? Because this, this, is, this is the good stuff right here. And, and if, if we're talking about this and it makes you feel uncomfortable, maybe it should a little bit. Because Jesus is challenging us to go a little deeper, to walk a little closer with Him, to, to implement these things a little further in our life. Amen? He wants us to draw closer to Him today. And we're going to do just that through the communion. I'm going to ask the band if they'll come back up. And if everybody, if you'll just close your eyes and bow your heads for a moment, we're going to enter to, to a little time of prayer. God, I thank you so much for this scriptures.